Welcome to Aston Means Business, SMEs adapting to COVID-19 challenges. I'm Steve Dyson, the journalist presenting this regular podcast for Aston Business School. Our podcasts are focused on the huge economic disruption caused by the coronavirus pandemic, and we're talking to businesses who've been involved with various programmes at Aston Centre for Growth and elsewhere here at Aston University. They'll discuss their challenges, share their experiences and explain how they're adapting to the new business world emerging in the wake of the pandemic. We're also interviewing some of Aston's top academics and experts, getting their valuable insight, analysis and advice for SMEs. This episode is looking at how startup businesses launched by refugee entrepreneurs have adapted to COVID-19 challenges. And joining us to comment on this experience is Dr. Mohammed Al-Mahamid. Dr. Al-Mahamid is a member of the accounting group at Aston Business School. He joined the accounting department in 2014, having previously worked in investment banking, auditing and accounting firms in the UK and Syria. As well as his lecturing and accounting, he also currently leads the Ruad project, helping disadvantaged entrepreneurs with a refugee background. Hello to you, Dr. Al-Mahamid. Hello, Steve, and thank you so much for having me. And please call me Mo. Oh, thank you very much. That will certainly help my, my pronunciation. Please bear with us, our listeners, as we're still carrying out our recordings remotely online to make sure we conform to the government's safe distancing advice. Joining me online now is Osama Al-Hassaf. Now, Osama, uh, before COVID-19, was operating Tradeot Limited an online sports goods retailer based in Greater Manchester. Hello to you, Osama, and thanks for agreeing to talk to me today. Hi, Steve. Uh, thank you for having me. No problems at all. Osama, tell us a bit about your background. Before arriving uh, in the UK, uh, the war in Syria escalated and uh, destroying uh, our entire family business. Uh, it was silver shop uh, and putting uh, the, the lives of my family and I in great risk. So we were left with no choice to a safer future elsewhere. Uh, my journey, it was uh, absolutely tough and involved difficult and dangerous travel uh, until I completed my journey uh, to UK. And then your family came afterwards? Yeah, then I applied for family reunion to, to come to, uh, to join me. Once you were in the UK, how did you manage to start back in business and to make a living again? Uh, I can say that I, I faced countless of challenges uh, and, and issues uh, to deal with. Um, emotionally, it was hard for me to comprehend that I had lost everything uh, I worked to build in my life. And, and I needed to adapt to completely new system and a new environment especially without support from extended family members or, or friends. Um, uh, then I find a job uh, in uh, Tesco Direct uh, as a call center, uh, which has given me some knowledge or a bit knowledge about online business in UK and customer con- communication. Uh, then, b- but I found myself still need more knowledge to understand the market. It wasn't enough for me. Uh, then I, I heard about uh, what the project, uh, this in uh, Aston Business School uh, with Dr. Muhammad. It was informative experience uh, in the physical step. So as well as I, I, 
it helped me to to break my fears at that time. Uh, then I opened a trade dot uh, retail or online sport business in 2018. Uh, I can say that I achieved high customer satisfaction for over 10,000 customers. I can say uh, it was absolutely fantastic starting. Yeah, and, and just so our listeners understand, the Ruad scheme, which is spelt um, R-W-A-D, that stands for pioneers. And it, it was almost a, an entrepreneur scheme run at Aston, wasn't it? Oh, yes. It's give opportunity to people who are uh, trying to run a business or to in our situation, they are they they need uh, uh, some knowledge or experience to to break their fears. Um, actually, I, if I'm talking myself. I have strong business background, but uh, still, it's difficult for me to start uh, a business in the different culture. So, Ruad Project has helped me to to jump in this uh, struggle. Now, Trade.Op Limited, as you said, you had some 10,000 customers and, and, and it was going very well in terms of your supply of sports goods. But then, of course, COVID-19 came along and the pandemic had a big impact on your business. Tell us about that. Um, actually, let me be honest with that. First week of COVID-19, uh, it, it went, the sales went up uh, over 50%. As it's a sport direct and the people, sport uh, staff and the people start uh, uh, using at at home, then I recognize that we have uh, short stock and we're gonna be in trouble. Uh, even the shipping cost for importing become very expensive and taking longer longer than usual, sometimes over three months. So suddenly uh, everything stopped. Unfortunately, as uh, as you know, that no stock means no selling, then absolutely no income. Uh, it was a difficult time. Um, so therefore, I had, unfortunately, again, to, to lay, lay, out, lay off two of my employees, uh, which is, it was hard for me as well. Yes, of course. I mean, I guess they were furloughed, weren't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And given that you were challenged by the import problem, the stock problem, how did you adapt your business to start getting through the crisis? I can say that after a few weeks of frustration, uh, I started focusing on UK-made product and thinking to rely on local suppliers to avoid importing. So um, therefore, I, I changed from sport product niche to craft sector or what they called uh, haberdashery. So, uh, uh, and I opened a different business, a new idea. It's called Sewing Kits. Um, so as well as uh, I supported a few small business uh, to adapting their retail shops to e-commerce or online selling. So I, I think it was positive reaction against COVID-19 crisis. It's amazing. So basically, Osama, from sports products, you just changed your entire products to sewing, knitting, and crochet projects. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, I changed my my segment. I changed my my uh, my whole business. And how is that going? Uh, for for main time, uh, it's going good. 
but uh, still I'm facing uh, some trouble with that as we cannot visit the uh, warehouses. It's not allowed to, to visit the warehouses. So most of my orders are through online and uh, I need to uh, build um, uh, what they call a supplier's communication to, to understand the business more or to get uh, my bright, uh, competitive prices. So it's a bit difficult, but I find that it's it's good idea. Uh, again, it's this situation. Excellent. And, and apart from trading, how else has the COVID-19 lockdown affected you as a family relatively new in the UK? Uh, Steve, frankly, I, I have not seen my whole family, uh, like, I mean, parents and sisters and brothers in a long time. So in different words, um, uh, social distancing is part of my life for over six years. Uh, so I think I have tough background to deal with, with this situation. So I, I decided to work in uh, NHS as volunteer um, to, to do action or to do something or help rather than keep watching. Um, so yeah, I enrolled with the, with uh, NHS volunteer, uh, but to be honest, it, it was a very modest uh, experience, as I help some vulnerable and elderly people to get their shopping needs uh, in my local community. And uh, in, in, in short, I think UK communities give us a lot. So uh, and this is the time to pay to to pay something back uh, to to the community that helped me to to start my new life. Asama, I must say it sounds very impressive. There you are as a, as a new member of our community. Your business is in all sorts of trouble. And yet you also decided to help the NHS and the local community. Overall, Osama, it sounds like you've adapted very positively to the crisis and that the way you've developed your business, you may well be in an even better place when the economy returns to a new normal. Uh, actually, I hope. And uh, I'm, I'm quite sure that uh, my experience improved for uh, handling the problems. So I hope to, to end up with uh, uh, two business, trade out with my existing customers, and that's a new business sewing kits, uh, as well as going to be a good business in the market. Well, good luck to you with that. And finally, Asana, um, for other businesses out there, especially new businesses like yours, perhaps, um, operated by other former refugees. What advice do you have for them on how to adapt to the COVID-19 crisis? Um, I always say behind each crisis, there's an opportunity. So I would say um, people behavior in COVID-19 has been changed. So as interveners, we need to change our thinking or think out of the box as well. So, for for instance, uh, I think adapting physical shops on uh, on highways to e-commerce business or online business, it's solution to minimize the risk in this uh, recession. Many thanks for joining us today. It's really been interesting listening to how you and your family arrived here and how you've adapted. And best wishes to you, your family, and both your businesses, Tradeos and your new business, Sewing Kits. Many thanks. Thank you very much indeed. Hopefully still with me is Dr. Al Mahamid, the lecturer in accounting at Aston Business School and the academic who focuses on refugee entrepreneurship. 
Mo, um, you heard the interview with Osama al-Hassaf, um, and it reveals quite a traumatic personal story about the warfare he faced in Syria and his escape from the country. And yet, despite this incredible challenge, Osama threw himself into setting up and launching a new business, Tradeoff Limited. It was an impressive achievement in itself, wasn't it? Indeed. Uh, Osama came here in 2016 after as uh, after all that uh, journey and the hardship uh, thousands, maybe millions of Syrians faced uh, in Syria and outside Syria also, um, who succeeded to come to Europe and the UK, they encountered uh, a very hard and tiring journey where many people were lost and we saw on the media you know the, the the pictures of little kids who were drawn in in the in the sea it was uh, disheartening and very hard you actually wonder how they managed and how they came uh, and then they had all that power and energy to start think about a business and think about all these challenges might might business came with and then set up uh, such successful uh, business that they can live from and in many cases uh, such as Osama case uh, actually thrive and take a little share in the market that they are very new to. So perhaps you can tell us more um, Mo about the reward project that you run at Aston that Osama referred to. Exactly what is it and, and how has it helped Osama and other refugee businesses? Yeah, uh, Ruwad is uh, actually a project that I started in 2013. Uh, came from uh, an idea uh, when I was volunteering for an NGO uh, in uh, Swindon. A young uh, uh, guy, he came to me and said, uh, let me know, or tell me how I can start a business in the UK. So I went through this with him. I was at that time in uh, working in London in investment bank, and we went through uh, how you can do your business plan, how you can uh, uh, sign up for for uh, more information in the job centers, and all of that. And from that point, uh, more people came uh, to me and asking very similar questions. And from that point, I thought, you know what? Uh, maybe there's something there, and it's worth to explore it and worth to give the service a little bit uh, thought. So, and I did. And it was properly launched when I went to Aston University, when I changed my job from investment banking into academia, where it's more natural place for it. Uh, so I started to think about, okay, how I can now benefit refugees who want to start their own business from my knowledge, uh, especially myself being a refugee and also being a little bit maybe uh, longer than the other refugees in the UK and being exposed to more knowledge in the UK. I designed this uh, this program where basically a focus on refining skills that people came with from Syria uh, and make it more adaptable and make it more uh, fit in the UK context. What reward does is basically focusing on what exactly need to be refined and what exactly need to be retooled. So the entrepreneur can function in the new, in the new context and also can operate with the new tools that may be offered to him or her 
in the UK context. I understand. And and when COVID-19 struck, um, Asama, who's been on your Rwanda project, he tells us that he experienced an initial rise in orders, but then import issues hit his stock and his trading slumped. Now, to counter this, he flipped his business activity to an entirely new sector, the craft market. And he also focused on UK manufacturers to get around the import and stock issues. This was swift and mature business activity, wasn't it? Absolutely. And uh, that uh, it's very maybe maybe it might be surprising to somebody who is not familiar with the refugee entrepreneurship. Uh, but uh, maybe it's less surprising for somebody who's been involved in this process as it's all based on adaptability and the ability for the person or the business to be adaptable. This business already been somewhere in the world like Syria and came around 3,000 miles to the UK, adapted to the UK and functioned in the UK. And when COVID-19 basically happened or when this pandemic took our country into different level, into different place. This is exactly what happened. The context, the way we think, the way we behave changed. We have social distance now. We don't go physically to shop as uh, much as we used to do. All of that uh, imposed a new way of life, thus imposing new context that the business need to deal with. I would argue here that... Uh, Business or refugee business uh, were more likely to adapt faster than other businesses. Uh, and that's what we saw with Osama. Osama was very uh, quick to react. So that adaptability, it may be something uh, a refugee earned and obtained through that devastating journey. And yet, not only was Osama dealing with saving his business, but he also decided to volunteer for the NHS and to help the local community, didn't he? Yes, he, he did, actually. These stories uh, make me really proud of, of um, uh, the refugee community. Uh, always, uh, uh, I know some, some news would, would uh, broadcast negativity in the refugee community and the migrant community, but there are a lot of positivities. I would, I would tell you, Steve, that... Uh, Refugees, migrants, uh, they are a group of people. They are very grateful to community that hosted them, give them the support. And uh, I found uh, refugees, uh, they try to pay back this as uh, at any opportunity they have. COVID-19, this pandemic, uh, it was an opportunity. And we saw many people Many people volunteered from the refugee community in, uh, to NHS. These guys, grateful, and they show it, and they are always willing to pay back uh, that support they received when they started. The thing I struggle with, uh, Mo, is I'm wondering whether the UK is doing enough to help and to nurture that positive energy. Oh, the question. Okay, this question, it's really interesting. I would uh, answer this question and. If from a refugee entrepreneurship expert, okay, I would say that there is difference here when you say UK. Uh, one, it's the UK community, the people in the UK, and also the UK government, and uh, you know the budgeting and all of that. Uh, UK community, 
and the people in the UK in different cities they were great they were great they they created even NGOs when the refugees started to arrive to the UK they supported them they give them homes they give them uh, many things they needed uh, even when, when we look at uh, the refugee entrepreneurship we saw the UK people were very supportive however when we talk about the UK government and when we talk about uh, the support from the official level, the political level, unfortunately, uh, wasn't great and remain uh, not that great. We expected more. Uh, the refugee entrepreneurship and the refugee integration, it's a two-way thing. You need a refugee who can uh, show ability to integrate and show willingness to integrate, but also they need that support, the official support to do so. There are some shy initiatives from the government to do so, but it's not enough. Uh, you may blame this on the austerity, the last 10 years or 15 years of austerity in, in, in the UK. Uh, issues like refugees was put aside and uh, not much thoughts went to this, not much. Like, unfortunately, you see some of the initiatives that led by the government uh, is not uh, meeting the needs, actually, of the refugee entrepreneurship. The government is wasting money uh, on things they don't mean much for the refugee integration or the refugee entrepreneurship uh, process. Uh, I think this money or this budget, the very shy budget, by the way, can be uh, better spent. No, I, I completely understand what you're saying. Um, regardless of the government's action and whether it's a bit wanting, regardless of that, for any refugee businesses out there listening, Mo, um, in summary, what advice do you have on how they can best adapt to the new normal as lockdown ends? Uh, so I would give uh, two points here. Uh, if I can make my advice into two uh, sections. One is that I would tell every refugee in the UK and would like to go into business or would like to be an entrepreneur in the UK, I would like to tell them this is one of the best countries in the world that would help you. There is a lot of support uh, at all levels, which although we saw, we, I just said that the UK government and all that, but this country remain one of the best countries to start your own business and you will find a lot of support to do it. The second thing I would say, uh, you as a refugee, you are the best candidate to overcome a pandemic. You have already been in one, and you succeeded. And I think you are the best candidate to go and beat this pandemic and give us your expertise. Tell us what you think. And do your business and don't be worried. There are a lot of people support you. The UK community and the UK people and the system here allow you to do much more than you think. Mo, uh, many thanks for joining us on today's podcast. It's been a real pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much, Steve, and thank you for having me. That was Dr. Al Mohamed from Aston Business School. And we'd also like to thank Asama Al Asaf, who we spoke to earlier, the founder of Tradeot and Sewing Kits. We'll be back soon to find out how other SMEs have adapted to COVID-19. Aston means business. SMEs adapting to COVID-19 challenges. Thanks for listening.